Welcome back to Cartels, Conspiracies, and Camarena. I'm Jack Llewellyn. Thanks for joining me tonight. Tonight's episode is going to be an important one, I think. No matter how long we do this podcast and wherever we go with it, uh, this may be the most important one we'll ever do. It's certainly the most important one we've done thus far. And it becomes important in large part because of the recent arrest of Caro Quintero. And that changes the dynamics quite a bit. And you'll see what I mean in a little bit. Um, you know, in the past, we've a couple of episodes, we talked about the updates on Caro Quintero. I have no updates uh, at this point. So we're just going to launch into the, the topic for this evening. And we're going to start off by looking at the social media presence of Hector Boreas. And we're going to look at a couple in particular. One that um, was from about a year and a half ago. One that was just last month um, or even earlier this month, I guess. And we're going to look at them in a couple of different contexts. Uh, one, we're going to look at the cir circumstances in which they were given. We'll look at some of the claims that continue to be made and the reach of those claims. And then we're going to look at the end at these statements, the social media presence again, um, news presence and we're going to look at it through the lens of a possible prosecution of Caro Quintero in the United States, and specifically a prosecution related to the Camarena case. And we're going to make some fairly profound, I think, and some fairly strenuous comments about such a prosecution. And frankly, at the end, there's going to be a request for some assistance from you and a bit of a call of act to action. But let's, let's start back at the beginning um, with the social media presence that the last NARC, both the book and the docu-series, uh, and then Hector Breas in general has engendered. Uh, and if you go on YouTube, you can Google uh, Mr. Boreas and you will find um, you'll find that he's around a lot. He's talked uh, quite a bit to different sources, um, some bigger than others, some more more well known than others. Um, but he's been out there, and part of the issue for me for a lot of us, uh, is that the statements that get made aren't challenged, mostly because those doing the interviews don't know any better, and they believe that uh, Agent Breas is credible and an expert and, you know, hell, even a hero. Um, and so the things that we've talked about through uh, the last 20 episodes or so that don't quite make sense get repeated and nobody challenges them and all of a sudden they're out on the internet and they're accepted as true. 
And I want to go through um, one of these in particular and point out some of the issues that continue to come up in the statements that are being made by Agent Boreas. And I've said this every single episode, and I'll continue to say it. My intention here is not to be anti-Hector Boreas, okay? My intention is to get to the facts. My intention is to question statements that are made that don't add up, that aren't supported by facts, particularly anything contemporaneous, and that frankly defy logic. And we'll talk about that specifically in just a moment. So the other point that that I think should be made before we talk about this is I I have no problem really with some of these um, interviewers on podcasts or on YouTube or however you want to characterize them. Uh, Again, I, I don't think they have any way of knowing what is being said to them, if it's true or false or um, and certainly no way to really push back against uh, Agent Boreas if there were things to, to push back against. Um, you know, there's been uh, a couple of interviews that he did on a podcast called Journey to Justice on the Real American Cholo. You know, he's been on Tula- Telemundo, um, Univision. And the one I want to talk about is one that was done November 18, 2020. Okay, it's on Valuetainment, uh, a guy by the name of Patrick Beck David, uh, who uh, has this podcast, has a lot of good and well-known people on there. You know, he's had Sammy the Bull and different folks like that. Um, generally, I, I find them to be interesting uh, discussions. Again, good people, good production values. I think he does a decent job of interviewing folks. Again, so not not necessarily faulting him in any way, shape, or form. And I will point out that I sent him an email um, and a direct message on a different platform saying I was going to mention him specifically tonight and giving him or his people the opportunity to say something, uh, and I didn't hear anything. So, you know, again, I continue to, to offer to talk about this with anybody who, who's willing. But again, we had this particular episode that was slightly over an hour long, recorded on November 18, 2020, with him and, and Hector Boreas. It's now had 1.6 million views, okay? 1.6 million views. And with that, let's look at some of the things that were said in that interview. And what I want you to do, or what I ask of you, is look at these statements, and we're going to look and and try to decide if they make sense, if they fit with anything that's been said before, and then as I said at the beginning, when we start to look at a potential prosecution of Carl, keep these things in mind. So one of the things that Agent Brea said at the very beginning of this episode, and again, I'm going to, you know, I'm big on facts, so we're gonna, I'm going to tell you exactly where you can find it. 
Okay, five minutes, 14 seconds. Agent Boreas says that the FBI is, quote, basically a corrupt agency. Okay? Now, keep that in mind, again, when we talk about a potential prosecution, okay? He goes on to say that in Guadalajara, 1985, 1984, that the DEA and the CIA were working in, quote, partnership, close quote. And I ask you, have you ever seen that anywhere else before? And I think the answer is no. He's never said that anyplace else. Certainly not in his book. It's not in the docudrama. It's not in, you know, none of his witnesses say anything like that. And in fact, isn't it more the case that um, if anything, the, the DEA didn't know what the CIA was doing? And that's the whole reason for the CIA allegedly getting concerned about what Kiki might have found. Now, again, we have we've disputed that whole theory and we will again in just a moment. But really? Something else that he says, and, and we've talked about this before, but he says that um, that Kiki had nothing to do with the Buffalo seizure, which we know, and and we know that that's a fact, notwithstanding what Narcos Mexico put on. Okay, he had nothing to do with it, and and Berea's in this interview basically uses that to say, aha. Since he didn't have anything to do with Buffalo, there had to have been a different reason. It couldn't have been the the cartel leaders because he didn't have anything to do with it. But again, that presupposes that somehow Carlo Quintero knew exactly what Agent Camarena was doing or not doing, right? If he loses a big field... And he talks to his people and he says, who's the DEA agent who's been going out doing a lot of stuff? And they say, well, it's that guy, Camarena. Carl's going to be pissed at Camarena whether he was actually involved or not. So the idea that because he wasn't involved in Buffalo, that somehow supports an alternative theory of motivation is just bogus. It doesn't work. Here's something else that was really interesting to me. He talks a little bit about Felix Rodriguez allegedly having been involved in the interrogation, okay? Um, And we're going to talk about Felix a a little bit more uh, in a couple of minutes. But he repeats some of the general allegations that um, Felix Rodriguez was involved in the interrogation of Agent Camarena. But he also says that Kiki was, quote, supposed to be waterboarded, okay? Supposed to be waterboarded. And he says that at, at 2606. Let me ask you, how in the world would he know that? Okay, let's assume for the sake of argument that his witnesses who say they were at Lope de Vega were actually at Lope de Vega, and they heard everything, putting aside how ridiculous that is. And they've got perfect memories, putting aside how ridiculous that is. And they have no incentive to uh, create new things or, or elaborate on things, anything like that. Let's assume that. 
what do we think? Felix Rodriguez showed up and said, hey, I'm here with my tape recorder. I'm going to interrogate Kiki, and um, I'm, I'm planning on water, waterboarding him later. Does that make any sense to anybody? Um, he also says things that, that just yeah, that get under my skin. So, for example, he says, um, in response to a question, the question was, did you have a relationship with Kiki? And he says, yes. And he says, well, he wasn't a personal friend of mine, but he had a reputation of being a badass like I did. And I'm not the only one who has said at various times that uh, Agent Bray is, you know, has a high opinion of himself and likes to put himself into positions where he wasn't and things. But that is, um, that's beyond the pale in, in many respects. And that, by the way, was at 2817. Uh, he also says that in 1985, the Guadalajara cartel was the only cartel. Well, number one, we know that there wasn't really a cartel. There was no such thing as the Guadalajara cartel at that time. And we've all talked, you know, we've talked about that several times. And we also know, we talked about it last week, in fact, it wasn't the only group of drug dealers. There were several of them. And Felix Gallardo may have done a good job of keeping them in line, the plaza bosses, etc. But they weren't the only drug dealers in Mexico. And, they, you know, if you're going to call them a cartel, there were other cartels as well. But here's the one you're going to like. So he says, you know, they were the only ones in, the, in town. And then, and then he says, we arrested all those guys. So after we destroyed the Guadalajara cartel, the other little cartels started springing up. Okay. Number one, that's not factually correct. Okay. We just said that. There were other cartels. They were all there. And Felix Gallardo definitely di- divided up some stuff. But it's not like, you know, they, there were groups all of a sudden appearing that had never been there before. But more importantly, he says we, like he was there. Remember, he wasn't in Mexico. He wasn't in Guadalajara. He didn't go to Guadalajara after Kiki was kidnapped. It, he didn't take overland until 1989, and then he was in Los Angeles. When the Guadalajara cartel was destroyed, if it was, as he says, there was no we. There were other people in the DEA who did that. There were other people in different organizations responsible for the actions that led to the downfall of Carlo Quintero and Fonseca and Felix Gallardo and the rest of all three. But make it perfectly clear and let it be known, Hector Boreas had nothing to do with that and to suggest that he did. And somebody can say it's just semantics, but it's not. Every single time he does this. A few weeks ago, we talked about the airport confrontation, and he talks about you know what happened when they showed up, and they had guns at him and stuff. 
He always puts himself in that position, and it's not right, and it's not correct. Here's something else he says about the interrogation of Camarena. He says, so there's a question basically was, hey, you know, there were two main guys. There was this Felix Gallardo guy, and there was Caro, who was, you know, who was really involved, who, who gave the order to have him killed. And he says, they were all involved. They were all there. They wanted to hear what Kiki had to say. They all participated in slapping him and kicking him. Wasn't one of them that didn't go into the room where he was being held and at least slap him. Everybody was trying to act more macho. That's at 37.18. Where in the world does that come from? Because I've read the DA6 reports that talk about the interrogation from people who you know were there or were there in part. I've looked at the documentation around uh, the the last narc. I've read his book. I've looked at the the transcripts of of the docu series. This just comes out of nowhere. And doesn't it seem like every single time he's someplace else, you know, or appearing someplace else, or talking in a new forum, there's always a new embellishment. There's always something different. And I note specifically that the question related to Felix and Carl, and when he says they were all there, all involved, that has to include Felix. And if you go back, look at everything that's been written about it, there is nothing, nothing of significance about Felix Gallardo being there, being involved in the interrogation, certainly nothing about him slapping Cameron around. Remember, there were witnesses who were there who said Sergio Espino Verdine being one. Felix Gallardo was not there. Now, Verdine changed his mind after he'd been interrogated by the Mexican officials in, in Mexico City. But his initial comment was Felix Gallardo wasn't there. And again, there's nothing that really talks about him having any active role. And so this is just another embellishment that's not necessary. Then he says also, he talks about the, the scene, uh, and it, it's talked about in the last narc that Fonseca gets mad at Carl, slaps him, the pistoleros all draw their guns, and, uh, you know, that creates some new issues, blah, blah, blah. Um, But I want you to think about this for a minute, okay? What makes the most sense here? Now, remember in The Last Narc, episode 3 at 1502, it um, says that Felix Rodriguez was the one who brought the recorder, right? Then they talk a little bit about the questions being asked, noting, of course, that there's nothing on any of the tapes, any of the transcripts that supports those questions. But they say nothing, nothing at all about him torturing Agent Camarena. Nothing. And now somehow we get, there's waterboarding 
and you know he was involved in the torture, or there was going to be waterboarding. That he was supposed to waterboard him. And again, now somehow he shows up with a, a tape recorder, but then leaves and leaves it there. Try to picture that scenario. Does does any of this make sense? But here's what else doesn't make sense. Let's go back to the Fonseca thing. So Fonseca gets mad at Carl because uh, Agent Camarena is near death. And he slaps Carl and apparently says, you know, you made this baby, you deal with it. Something to that effect. If it was the CIA... Right. If the CIA was the one who said to do it, told him what to do. Would he really be mad at Carl? I mean, maybe maybe Carl just went too far and he's mad. But doesn't that strike you as him saying you did this? You, Carl Quintero, are responsible for this and it's jeopardizing me and now I'm mad. There's nothing, you know, kind of contemporaneous that's says anything about the CIA. There's nothing where Caro says, you know, Ernesto, don't be mad at me. It was that Cuban Felix Rodriguez. Keep in mind that in all the DA6 reports, not one mention of a Cuban, not one mention of an unidentified individual, on all of the interrogation tapes, not one Cuban accent. One more thing. If you want to believe that it was the CIA, that the CIA came in and said, hey, we have to pick him up because he may know things, then let me ask you this question. What about the conspiracy meetings that his witnesses testified to? Remember, Godoy and Lopez Romero talk about six or seven, actually maybe eight, pre-kidnapping meetings where allegedly cartel leaders and politicians and, and different folks get together to talk about the agent that's hurting them. If it was the CIA saying, pick them up, why would any of those conspiracy meetings, those planning meetings, alleged planning meetings, why would any of them occur- have occurred? The answer is obvious. They wouldn't have. And so now, as is the case, remember going back, we talked about Captain Zavala's kidnapping. Hector Berea says one thing in his book. Lopez Romero says another thing in the docuseries, and they cannot coexist, okay? He could not have been kidnapped on two different days. I submit to you that this is the exact same thing. Either it was all the CIA, or there was planning meetings of some kind. Now, it's possible it could be neither one of them, and I think that may well be the case, but the point is, those two scenarios cannot coexist. Somebody's lying. But nobody from that 1.6 million views, how many of them are going to recognize that? 
How many of them are going to see the inconsistencies? How many of them are going to know what was said by Lopez Romero and Godoy in their DEA 6 reports? Or even, for that matter, have really watched and digested every single frame of the last NARC? And the answer is probably not many. Okay, so that was November of 2020, right after or shortly after the the docuseries came out. He's doing his book publicity, blah, blah, blah. Carl Quintero gets picked up, um, and suddenly Hector is, you know, the expert to talk to. And he talks to El Financiero Bloomberg. So Bloomberg Finance... Uh, Spanish language. And it's a short interview. It's about 10 minutes long. But it's interesting. Um, Number one, if you haven't seen it, you got to take a look at at the visuals. Um, And and no disrespect, but he looks like a cross between uh, somebody in a zombie movie with uh, a cowboy out of Casting Central from about 1940s Hollywood. It's, it's just an amazing look, and I don't understand, um, you know, why he always has that particular appearance. But having said that, he's presented almost as, again, as an expert, an expert on Caro Quintero, an expert on the search for Caro. Uh, and again, we all know he wasn't in Mexico investigating Carl in 1984, 1985. He wasn't there when Carl was arrested in Costa Rica and brought back to Mexico and interrogated. There were DE agents who did talk or did sit in on those interrogations, but it wasn't him. There are DE agents who met with Carl Quintero in prison. You know, he disparages, he being Hector, disparages Dale Stinson at various times in in his his book and and elsewhere. But Dale Stinson, at least, has met Carl Quintero. He met him in prison. Hector has no firsthand knowledge of almost anything relevant. And yet somehow he's he's the, the, the expert that Bloomberg should be talking to about his capture. Um, and he's asked, you know, at the beginning how difficult it was to plan and, and execute an operation to capture Caro. And he goes into a long explanation that really is um, kind of a word salad that doesn't say a whole lot. Um, but then it's really, here's what's really important. Here's basically what he says. He says that the abduction of Kiki Camarena was not ordered by the narcotics traffickers. The abduction was ordered, ordered by CIA agents. The CIA wanted to use the traffickers to move weapons to the Nicaraguans clandestinely. The traffickers had the infrastructure to move the guns and the airplanes returned loaded with cocaine. And then he talks about um, the use of Matabayasteros' airline Setco, putting aside uh, for now our discussions before about Setco and 
um, what it, whether or not it really was used by the CIA and whether or not it really was owned by Mata. Not important. Important part, and if you look at this interview, it starts at, at about 740 in, into the interview, and he says, again, the abduction was ordered by CIA agents. Then he talks about Felix Rodriguez, and he says specifically that Felix interrogated and tortured Kiki when he was at 881 Lope de Vega, and then he refers to it as Ruben Zuno's house in Guadalajara. Okay, Again, go back and look at when they talk about Felix Rodriguez in The Last Narc. There is nothing that specifically talks to him about any kind of torture of Kiki by Felix Rodriguez. Okay? And so we're putting aside, we're putting aside all the stuff we've talked about in the past about whether or not Felix could have been there, whether or not the use of the name Max Gomez is a giveaway that that they're making stuff up after the fact because he wasn't using that name at the time. All of that. We're just looking at, if you're doing a documentary, okay, or a docu-series, you're purporting it to be a documentary, and you're going to talk about Felix Rodriguez, and you know that he tortured Agent Camarena, wouldn't you put it in there? Wouldn't that be front and center if you knew he was supposed to waterboard him? Wouldn't that have come up? Of course it would, but it didn't. Why didn't it? Because it didn't happen. Because it's an embellishment every single time. There's got to be something new because that's how you stay in the news. That's how you stay relevant. So why does it matter? Okay. We just talked about some of this stuff for 30 minutes. Why does it matter? Well, first, as we've talked about, facts and truth matter. Okay? And certainly there's some room for interpretation. Look, not everybody's going to agree on everything. Um, I've stated some opinions in some of these episodes that I know some people don't agree with. Uh, you know, I've said it, I've admitted it many times. I had a personal connection to Ruben Zuno Arce that may, you know, affect the way I view some of the evidence relating to him. Okay? But what I've tried to do is to rely on facts and evidence to keep the generalizations to a minimum and to look for contemporaneous evidence. Again, we've talked about the CIA connection. Give me one thing that's contemporaneous to Agent Camarena's abduction and murder that mentions the CIA at all. One thing. Just one. Can't do it. It's not there. Number two, it matters. All of this matters. Because as we said in the valuetainment piece, you know, there's 1.6 million people looked at that at that podcast. That's a, that's a large number of people who don't have the facts correct. And we'll talk about that in, in just a second. 
But here's what's more important. Here's why this is so important. Whether he means to or not, Hector Boreas, by making these statements, is giving cover to Caro Quintero in the event there is any, any criminal prosecution of Caro Quintero in the United States relating to the Camarena case. So in the Telemundo, uh, or the Bloomberg, excuse me, in the Bloomberg interview, she says, uh, she, you know, the, the newscaster asks, well, what will happen if Carl Quintero comes to the United States? And he says that uh, Carl will face conviction of life imprisonment for the murder of Kiki Camarena. And I said, really? We've talked about this just a little bit, but let's, let's think about this specifically. So number one, what if one, two, or three of the witnesses from the last narc, Jorge Godoy, Renee Lopez Romero, and Ramon Lira, what if they testify? I could right now list 50 different inconsistencies off the top of my head that they can be con- uh, cross-examined about. Off the top of my head. What kind of witnesses are they going to be? And why is there a problem? Because they keep coming out and talking. Why? Because they're supporting the last narc. You know, the the docu-series that was supposed to be about Kiki Camarena that really turns out to be about Hector Boreas, and they support it, and they make continuing statements that don't add up, that don't aren't supported by the documents and the testimony they gave at trial or by the statements they made when they were first interrogated by the DEA. But let's think about what Hector Boreas has done. Okay. I don't do criminal defense anymore, but I do. Well, I do a little. Um, But I do do trials. And I've done trials in the past, and I've done criminal trials in the past. And how hard is it going to be for a defense attorney for Carl Quintero in the United States to say, in effect, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, in this trial, you are going to hear that Hector Boreas the head of Operation Landa, starting in 1989, one of the most decorated DE agents ever, that he has said publicly over and over who ordered Agent Camarena to be picked up and interrogated. Was it Carl Quintero? No. He has said that Agent Camarena was picked up by the CIA. That the CIA interrogated him because they were concerned about what he knew. 
And if that's the case, if that's what the leader of Operation Leanda believes to be true, and you're going to hear it from his lips at this trial, that, I submit, as a matter of law, constitutes reasonable doubt that Rafael Carol Quintero is guilty of first-degree murder of Agent Camarena. Okay, extrapolate that. That's, that's your Perry Mason one-minute opening statement. Turn that into something longer. Turn that into something you can make a production out of. Sometime during that trial, Hector Berea is saying to the Bloomberg reporter, the abduction was ordered by CIA, CIA agents is going to be up on a big screen where everyone can see it. In one of these ones, I think it's the, you know, I can't remember which one it was. I think it's the, the valuetainment one. He says something about the fact that he's never met Felix Rodriguez, but if he got a chance to meet him, he'd kick his ass for what he did to Kichi Camarena. And if that's not the pot calling the kettle black, I don't know what is. If you're going around saying you want justice for Camarena, justice for the unbelievable torture he endured, justice for his family, and then you're saying, oh no, it wasn't the traffickers, it was our own government. When you know how that could be used at a trial, how that could be used in a prosecution, or defense to the prosecution, the problem here, my friends, is that Hector Breas has a forum that we don't. Those of us who know where the bullshit is being spewed, where we know the facts, the minute facts. You've heard me every single episode say, come on, come talk to me. I'll talk to anybody who wants to talk about this case. My podcast, your podcast, somebody else's podcast, a news report in front of a, 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 you know, a reporter. I don't care where. Talk about it any time. But damn it, we need to get the message out. 1.6 million people listened to his statements that are wrong, that don't add up, that don't make sense, and that make it more difficult to convict Carl Quintero should he ever come to the United States and stand trial. We need a voice. And I'm trying, and I love the fact that I've been getting so many views. Every week, the number of views increases. But I'm going to ask you all for a favor. If you know a reporter, if you know somebody in the media, if you have connections and you want the truth to come out, talk to them. doesn't have to be me. I'm not standing up saying, no, I'm the only person who can do it. Okay? 
I'm more than happy to. Any venue, anytime, anyone. Let's talk facts. Let's talk documents. But we need to counter the incorrect statements that are being made. That is the only way there's going to be justice. All right. Forgive me for that little rant, but I, um, I think it's important. This is important to me. This is important to a lot of people I know. You know, I think about it a lot. I didn't know Agent Camarena, of course. I don't know his family. I didn't meet most of his friends until 30 years after the fact. And it's personal to me. And I can only imagine how personal it is to the people who knew him, to the people who worked with him, to the people who threw down everything they were doing to go to Guadalajara to help try to locate him, to try to save him. And of course, I can't even comprehend what it's like for his family every year. And for his family to hear that Hector Boreas is saying it was the CIA, it wasn't the drug traffickers. And of course, by extension then, it wasn't any of the Mexican politicians either, right? Something has to change. The narrative has to be changed. And that can only happen by having more of a forum. So again, if you have friends, family, people you hate and you want to torture them for an hour every week, more viewers of the podcast would help anything that can get the name out or the, the story out more. Um, again, those of you interested in facts who aren't um, quite as familiar with some of these, I, every week I, I urge you to look uh, at Jaime Kirkendall's book, and uh, then I do a shameless plug for my own book, uh, Someone Had to Die. Next week is Labor Day weekend. It's my expectation that we will not have a podcast, um, but don't give up hope. Uh, it could happen. And I know in the next week or two, we are going to have a guest uh, who's a former DE agent who's going to talk um, extensively about um, the current cartel system. And he's an FBI agent, not a DE agent. My, my apologies. Uh, and we're going to talk about kind of what's going on in Mexico now, sort of as we did last week. So again, thank you for your time. Thank you for listening. And we will talk to you in our next episode. Thanks, everyone.